morning, and so hello to all my elf friends. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and the music you hear in the background is the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore from The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? I'm here every Tuesday, these days, from 4 to 5 p.m., followed by the Blue and Gold Report and followed by Rachel Ray's Cooking Accident. So today, after the Elf Show, it's going to be um, all about sports because we have some basketball coming up at uh, 6 p.m. So we'll all be sorry not to uh, have Heather McCoy here with us today, but sh I'm sure she'll be back next week. In case you are tuning in for the very first time, I would like to say greetings. And I am so excited, excited, uh, which reminds me, whenever I get excited, I need to slow down a little bit and bring the tempo down to an elvish tempo. And um, because when I get excited, I tend to talk really fast and my voice gets really high. <laughs> But I am excited because of several things. One is that I'm feeling better. If you know, two weeks ago I was absent. Yes, last week I was still a bit under the weather. And uh, even for an elf, that's rather odd. But um, my, you know, a head cold thing. So your head gets really big and you feel like it's kind of flopping all over the place. And uh, so I'm feeling much better today. And... So I'm excited about that. It's a beautiful sunny day outside here in Southern California and on the campus of UC Irvine from where we are currently broadcasting. We are Orange County's alternative radio station and we are also quite possibly the best radio station in the history not only of Middle Earth but of the universe. And you can catch us 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 88.9 FM on your radio dial or 24 hours a day, seven days a week, streaming live through our website at KUCI.org or through iTunes where we're also streaming live. And, live and you can download some of our podcasts from iTunes if you are interested or go to our homepage and find uh, more information about our podcast. Just go to archives. Scroll down to podcasts and look for the show of your delight. Maybe it's What Would Arwen Do? Maybe it's Ask a Leader. Maybe it's Writers on Writing, all about getting published, or Film School, which is on uh, Friday mornings, weekly signals, great current events and things going on, piracy, privacy, uh, how not to get your ID, your um the Heather McCoy Show, always sure to stimulate conversation and thinking. So lots of great things here on um, and um, Counterspin and um, Planetary Radio. Yeah, lots of good things. And you can find our full schedule of not only talk shows, our public affairs programming, but also our music programming at our website, KUCI.org. And we do have changes generally every quarter because we are broadcasting from UCI. Most of our staff is uh, our uh, UCI uh, students, faculty or staff, but we also have community members. And we have a training in case you would like to get involved with public radio here at KUCI 
every quarter. So when the new quarter starts in the spring, be sure to check out our website for the dates of the upcoming training. Once a year, we open our training to community members, sometimes in the spring. Very often it's in the summer. But uh, in case you're interested and you're a community member, you might want to keep an eye out for that, again, at KUCI.org. And I am the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf, and I would love to hear from you. You can email me at askanelf at yahoo.com, askanelf at yahoo.com. If you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. You may not even know who Arwen is. Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond in J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth. And so about 10 years ago or so, with the introduction to Middle-Earth through the Fellowship of the Ring movie, I started my own grand experiment of my life as an elf. I believe that we uh, all choose mentors and sometimes they're gurus or they're uh, superstars or they're people that we look up to and want to emulate because of their nobility or their, their skill or their kindness. And in J.R.R. Tolkien's mythology, the elves embodied what was best and noblest in humans. So they were a sort of metaphor for human beings. So I thought, well, if I lived like an elf, would my life be any better, any worse, any different? And my life has been transformed on many levels over this over 10 years now adventure. And one of these days I'll get around to writing my little book, My Life as an Elf, and... um, I started writing down the things that I learned from the elves through the movies and through the books, and I think I'm up to about 100 and maybe 187, something like that, of things that I learned with references, and uh, it's been great fun, and um, I'm no longer afraid of dragonflies, I no longer have to um, have any kind of a weight problem because I eat like an elf, I care more about the earth, I'm more mindful about the way I am in the world, Um I've met wonderful friends that have become my lifelong friends through my affiliations in uh, Middle Earth interest. And so, yes, it's been quite, quite an amazing adventure. So today I'm excited um, to talk about the Oscars. And sometimes I feel like we just have to lighten up a little bit, even us elves, when I saw the elves in Peter Jackson's uh, Fellowship of the Ring and the Lord of the Rings movies, I kind of felt like he um, he portrayed the elves wonderfully, but kind of failed to show some of their mirth and merriment. But you do have to consider that also in the Lord of the Rings, the elves have been around for a long time, and it's also the shadow is growing. So there's this, you know, this fear and the shadow of. Sauron coming back to try to enslave all the free peoples of Middle Earth. So it isn't a time necessarily of a great deal of what you might call merriment. Um, there's a lot of concerns of things going on. The White Council has been meeting to figure out what to do. Orcs are multiplying. You've got the deal going on with Sauron. And uh, so, you know, I understand. But the elves by nature are a rather mirthful group and love to celebrate. And so... We're going to talk a little bit today about the Oscars, Oscar parties, the Oscars, which are coming up just this coming Sunday, March 2nd, and I'm excited because the 
Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug is nominated for three Academy Awards. And although I'm a little disappointed that we have not been... Yeah, we, as if it's mine, but <laughs> it is mine. It's my precious... Anyway, um, even though the films have not been nominated in the music categories, um, I was a little disappointed about that, but also understood. It's understandable. In fact, I was talking with someone earlier today, Kathy from the OneRing.net, one of the major Tolkien message boards for information about things that interest fans, what's going on with the movies, the books, events, um, lots of uh, local events that go on, most up in L.A. area, some down here in Orange County. And um, there's going to be an Oscar party this coming Sunday at the fi- uh, Cat and Fiddle in Hollywood. So you can find out more information about that by going to theonering.net and also by staying tuned to the program because, as I mentioned, Kathy will be calling in. Uh, Kathy from Torn is going to call in about the second half of the show, about 4.30, and we're going to talk about um, the... The One Ring.net's One Dragon, One Party, Oscar Party, this coming Sunday. It goes on from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. There's food. They're going to have the Oscars going on on the big screens. And I might mention, um, I'll ask Kathy a little bit more about this because one never knows, but in the past, there have been visits from cast members of the movies show up at the Torn Oscar parties. I'm sad to say that in 2002 at the Two Towers, no, 2000, it was 2000, uh, spring of 2003, at the Two Towers Oscar party, Roe and I went. She had an archery competition that day. And so we were, her first archery competition, uh, major archery competition up at UCLA, and we were both just kind of frazzled. From that, rushed off to the hotel room, dressed up in our, you know, costume things and made it off to the Oscar party. We both were uh, really tired. It was really amazing. It was lots of fun. We left early, and I just had to say that uh, some of the hobbits showed up. Um, I can't remember if it was – I know it was – I'm pretty sure it was Peter – it was um, Billy Boyd, and um, I don't think it was – I don't – maybe – I'm not even sure if Frodo showed up. But anyway, we were very upset with ourselves the next day that we had not stayed, forced ourselves to stay longer and meet the hobbits. But that's the kind of thing, though, that can happen at these Oscar parties because, the believe it or not, these stars very often very much appreciate the fans and they appreciate interacting with their fans. And what better place to do that than at an Oscar party that's being thrown specifically to honor the film in which um, the film that you that you've participated in and that has it is up for numerous Oscars. So it's very exciting. The Oscar categories. Okay, I have. I apologize for any rustling paper, but I want to play play a few things before Kathy calls. Um, the the best song categories are. Wonderful. If I had time today, and I may play it later, one of the original best song nominees is Ordinary Love by U2, which 
I went on YouTube today and listened to it because I did not see Mandela, A Long Walk to Freedom. Um, just haven't made it out to the movies much last year. Um, other than the Hobbit movie, got, did get to see that twice. And, but uh, I I love this song. Not that crazy about you two. And if you are familiar with the format here at KUCI, we play all non-mainstream music. So our passion is to introduce you to musicians, bands, songwriters that you have not heard on the major airwaves. Uh, on the major airwaves and people making the top 200, they're getting plenty of airtime, and we are very excited for them and thrilled that they are making it uh, in the world, uh, enjoying uh, sharing their craft with others. But there's also a lot of amazing people out there that are not getting into the main uh, airwaves, and our passion is to bring those people to you. So we don't play any mainstream music here at KUCI. And I'm not that crazy about you two anyway, but I found a wonderful cover. So um, I was going to write the girl's name down. It's sung by a girl, and her dad, I guess, did the music mixing part of it. And it's on YouTube, so if you want to check out one of the Oscar nominee songs, uh, the one by YouTube, Ordinary Love, sung by a girl rather than the male band, you might want to check that out. But today, so we'll talk about the Oscar party in a little bit. Kathy's going to be calling ooh, in only about 12 minutes. So in the meantime, I wanted to talk to you a bit about the Oscars, uh, Lord of the Rings and Howard Shore's music in the Oscars in the previous years. And it was amazing today when I went to Howard Shore Awards, when I um, kind of Googled that and got to IMDb, um, there was there's seven pages of <laughs> awards and nominations and one you know uh, awards that he's won Howard Shore has won in uh, the last few years and of course we know that the Return of the King won not only for best soundtrack as did Fellowship of the Ring from the Lord of the Rings trilogy but. The Return of the King garnered 11 Oscars, and uh, which was, t I think, tied for the most Oscars ever won. And so that's pretty impressive. And I was hoping that the music of The Hobbit would get nominated. I was particularly hoping that Ed Sheeran's song, Icy Fire, would have gotten nominated as a best song. I just think it's such an amazing song. So beautiful. But um, I don't know. They didn't ask me. So it wasn't nominated. And with regards to um, the music soundtrack, my understanding was from speaking with uh, Kathy earlier that the uh, first soundtrack actually wasn't eligible because there was so much that was brought in from the musical themes from the Lord of the Rings music. So, um, but that was intentional. You know, I love, uh, I when I was thinking of that, when she was telling me about that, I thought, yeah. And I was thinking of that part in uh, The Two Towers where Gimli's walking along and they're on their way to Helm's Deep and he falls down and everybody kind of looks and laughs. Oh, he fall, I think he falls off the horse. And he says, that was intentional. That was intentional. <laughs> so... The intentionality of Howard Shore is to weave together the musical motifs and themes from The Lord of the Rings with The Hobbit 
so that the two trillies eventually will be one long, beautiful story and diary of Middle Earth. And I love uh, that is what Peter Jackson refers to Howard Shore's music as in the uh, jacket notes of The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog, original motion motion picture soundtrack special edition, which I got just in the mail a couple of days ago. So we may need to spend um, another time talking more about this amazing music that Howard Shore has created for the world of Middle Earth. There's an amazing book that you might at some point wish to get, The Music of the Lord of the Rings Films by Doug Adams, a comprehensive account of Howard Shore's scores. It's a large book. It's beautiful, and it gives you so much amazing information about the music. So we had music that was created especially for each of the realms, music that was created especially for Arwen. We have music that was created especially for Tariel in The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. So in my new soundtrack, so I wanted to play for you a little excerpt. If I, I hope I can find this on YouTube. Well, first, let's play The Misty Mountains Cold, and then I can type faster. But we're going to hear a little bit from Tariel and Keeley and her musical motif, and then the song from the soundtrack. But here is The Misty Mountains Cold from the first Hobbit soundtrack. in fact the dwarves singing the misty mountains cold sung by richard armitage and the dwarf cast so now i'm going to play a little piece for you from the desolation of smaug the scene with keely and tauriel where you're going to hear tauriel's musical motif imagine having a musical motif created just for you by howard shore Yes, Evangeline Lilly did as Tauriel. So enjoy this, and then we will hear the soundtrack. And that is the scene with Keely and Tauriel when he is in the Elvish dungeon in Mirkwood. And I have to say that I think that's my favorite scene in the movie. (laughs) 
I'm so bad. I'm such a romantic elf. And so uh, we're going to hear now the song from the soundtrack called The Feast of Starlight. And just so you know, The Feast of Starlight, Merith Noon Gileath, actually doesn't exist in a sense. It's not mentioned in the Hobbit book. All that's mentioned is that there was, um, <clears throat> Bilbo overhears that there was a feast, there was going to be a feast tonight. And this is where I was actually going to read the passage. I may be able to do it after Kathy calls. It's a, a wonderful passage in The Hobbit where the elves fall asleep from the wine and gives Bilbo his advantage in setting his friends free. But it's called, in the movie, it's called The Feast of Starlight. And it could very definitely be a real feast and in real words. There's Merith Adrathad, which is the Feast of Reuniting, mentioned in the Silmarillion, as well as Dagar Nuin Gileath, which is Battle Under Stars. So if you combine Merith with Nuin Gileath, you have Feast Under Starlight. So here is the track, Feast Under Starlight, from the Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, original motion picture soundtrack. So please notice at the beginning, the oboe. This is the musical motif for Tauriel, and I think it is just absolutely beautiful. <clears throat> I was listening today to the musical motif for Arwen from the music of The Lord of the Rings, and perhaps at some point uh, we'll have to have a show just devoted to these beautiful musical diaries, uh, um, this musical diary that Howard Shore has created for the world of Middle-earth. I know for me, when I fell in love with these films, part of it was falling in love with the music. And the music absolutely can take me right to Middle-earth, even now when I listen to it. And, uh, and it still oftentimes moves me to tears. So let's have, um, let's listen to the Feast of Starlight from the original motion picture soundtrack, The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. That is music from the score of The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, Feast of Starlight. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I am Tani Tanuviel. This is What Would Arwen Do on Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. And today we're talking about the Oscars and Middle Earth. And the Middle Earth is going to be going to the Oscars. And my very special guest, so earlier we talked a little bit about um, Oscar parties and the music of The Lord of the Rings. We could talk for this about hours on end. If you do want to check out um, our podcasts on KUCI.org, I have an interview from, I think it was a year or two ago, Milo, the Hobbit co-host, and I interviewed Doug Adams, the writer, the author of The Music of the Lord of the Rings films, and part of his adventure in working with Howard Shore on this book uh, while he was writing the music. 
amazing, amazing story. And the story just goes on with Howard Shore creating yet more musical diary, more musical motifs for the Hobbit trilogy. So my guest is Kathy from the One Ring dot net. Are you there, Kathy? Yes. Oh, hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got to say, what would Arwen do? She would totally go to a Feast of Starlight party in Hollywood this weekend. <laughs> absolutely. I absolutely agree because, of course, the elves love anything to do with Starlight. And uh, just before you came on, I played uh, a clip from the movie, one of my favorite scenes where uh, – Keely and Tariel are talking while he's in, you know, in the dungeon there. Yeah. And uh, she's, you know, talking about that it's the Feast of Starlight and that she loves to walk in starlight. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, I know. That piece of music is that that is the standout piece of music of that whole film. It really is. Uh, thank you for saying that. <laughs> I mean, I was, not I just was me. totally expecting years and years ago, I completely predicted that Smaug's theme would be really awesome. But he doesn't necessarily have... I don't know, some sort of thunderous... He's not a hero, so I guess he doesn't get really <laughs> big thunderous heroic uh, music. But yeah. but the but the, um, the Markwood Elves, they got themselves some really nice music. Yes, and it's so amazing because I loved the musical motif for Arwen, of course, in the Lord of the Rings movies. And then today, um, as I was you know just doing this, and I finally was able to hone it down to the actual musical motif for Tauriel, which is the oboe. Yeah. Uh, in there that's at the it's it's in the movie, you know, in that yeah. conversation. And then it's uh, obviously the Feast of Starlight. So it's a, just a pretty amazing. So thank you so much. I know you're at work. Thank you very much for calling in. I hope your um, employer is OK with this. Maybe you're on your break, I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of. Yeah, I can take a few minutes. So. Awesome. <laughs> Particularly if it's about to talking about. Parties. Yes. Well, um, I got to go to one Oscar party, and only one, but it was amazing. It was the Two Towers back in uh, 2003. Oh, yeah. And I, At the I, Hollywood Athletic Club, yes. Yes, and it, but it was very, it was somewhat cinched with sadness because my friend Ro and I had been to her first archery competition up at UCL that UCLA that day, then ran over to the hotel, changed into our costume things, ran to the Oscar party. We were both just beat. So we left early. And guess what we left before happened? Oh, all, all of the people walking in. The, the cast showing up. <laughs> all the up. cast showing up. Yeah, well, we, we never promised that will happen because, I mean, when it happened the first day after Fellowship of the Ring, we did not know it was going to happen. Then everyone sort of expected it. But we never, ever can promise because, right. you know, they get invited to lots of parties, particularly if they win. If they end up with a statue, man, that's that's like the golden key. Right. I, but I did mention <clears throat> earlier that the the stars do love their fans. Yeah. And, and when it's possible, they, they actually do enjoy showing up to these events. So it's quite possible that uh, this coming Sunday evening, uh, some of the stars might show up at the Cat and the Fiddle. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got, there's three categories nominated. It's the visual effects guys with, um, headed by Joe Letary, who actually did show up last year. Mm. Um, and then the sound mixing and the sound um, the sound effects and sound mixing, right. those two categories. Um, so, yeah, so there's, and, and each one of those categories has like three or four nominees. So there's like a good 10 of them um, that are, are going to be attending the, um, the Oscars. And then, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch just got announced as a um, 
a presenter. <gasps> so he's in town. Now, whether he'll show up or not, I don't know. Um, <sighs> he, he's, his time is, is pretty much in demand. Right. Well, that's understandable. Yeah, but yeah. we know he'll be in town, and he'll be right up the road. Do Do we know if anybody else is going to be there, like Peter Jackson? or? Well, since they're not nominated, I mean, Peter doesn't come to Hollywood if he doesn't have to. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he lives in New Zealand. You Can you blame him? No, and he's kind of busy putting a third movie together. Right, and we want that to be ex- really wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we basically all want to have, you know, that, that three-tissue um, ending. Right. Because we know we're going to have a three-tissue ending. Yes, yes, I think we probably do know that. Um, yes. Just, uh, unfortunately for those of us who, I, you know, I hadn't reread the Hobbit books, and then when they had the love scene with Keely and, and uh, Toriel, I thought, oh, and then I thought, wait a minute, and I went back and I looked in, and I'm like, oh, Keely. You don't read our website very much if you don't know about the debate you know about her inclusion I, into the story. I know. Well, I, I avoid all that kind of stuff. I avoid spoilers. You know, it, it is I, kind of soap opera. Yeah, but I love it. It's so, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I love anything that brings the elves and romance and all that wonderful well, stuff to the, together to the film. Well, the elves and brings any races together. I mean, yeah. And you know, it can't just be all on Legless and Gimli. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and besides, we girls need to be represented. Well, and she does a wonderful job. One of the posters we had at last year's um, um, Comic-Con mm-hmm. was a version of Tariel in the Rosie the Riveter pose. Oh. And then it said, you know, um, um, Middle Earth Women for a Five Army Solution or something like that. <laughs> it was really a, a really nice, actually, um, um, poster. And, you know, it was done in you know, the bright yellow. And, and she's actually got, she's got the ears, but she's also got the um, bandana wrapped around her head. And then she's wearing her elven, her elven outfit with the sleeve rolled up and, and, oh and the big gosh. strong arm. And, and um, yeah, Evangeline Lilly, she loved it. <laughs> yes, I bet she would. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I love it because even though, you know, I know people are you. Tolkien didn't write about any women, but the fact is that they had to have exist. So you know, well, in a, a they had to exist, and B, you have to be good at writing women characters in order to be able to write women characters. Right. And and um, I mean, Arwen was a footnote in in the Lord of the Rings books. Right. You know, and she was brought forward because they're like, well, she exists and she's a driving factor in Aragorn's life. So. We need to show her more because how can she be a factor in his life if if you never see her? Right. Well, and even J.R.R. Tolkien wrote in the letters that 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 the love story of Aragorn and Arwen, that the elvish line and that the two races would be united, was one of the major whole points of the whole mythology. Yeah. So you know, even though the story's not about her, you know, without her. Hardly anything really would have. I mean, what? So Aragorn just would have been king, and um, who knows what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And then, then of course, he did bring in Eowyn, and then you had a really strong, awesome female character, and it was one of the first really strong, awesome characters in yeah, literature. Absolutely. You know, if you think about when it was written. Right. Right. So the party. Yeah. Um, let's tell, go back to the party. Yeah. Tell, tell, please tell my listeners a little bit about. Um, now, we can't mention any prices, but I will say that going to this party will not cost you as much as if you spent a day at Disneyland. So, yes. So, well, and, you know. and what's funny is this is probably one of our lowest cost parties in years. We decided to kind of go back to basics, mm-hmm. and we're going to the Cat and Fiddle. Yes. It's a pub. So basically when you come, what you're paying for is sitting at the Cat and Fiddle and eating a meal and getting a drink mm-hmm. and watching the telecast and hanging out with a bunch of fun people. Um 
you know, we'll have our typical auction and raffle of, of all sorts of, basically everyone, in fact, they get a raffle ticket when they enter. Oh. Um, so they don't have to buy it. Yes. You get one. You can buy more if you want more, but you get one. Yeah. And we always have cool prizes. Um, and so you were at the um, the Two Towers party. So mm-hmm. Hollywood Athletic Club is right across the street from oh, the really? Capitol. So it's the same neighborhood. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Well, we, we you know, and everyone, we, we decided to be close. I mean, the best way to, if you're going to be a fan party and mm-hmm. you want to invite cast and crew, you're also going to want to be near where the ceremony is yes. because they're not going to go driving all over creation no. to come to you. Right. You right. know, you have to be nearby so that on the way to the Vanity Fair party or Elton John's party or whomever else is hosting a big party, they can swing by if they're able. Right. Um, and, and so the so. Cat and the Fiddle is, is in that. Yeah, it's on Sunset bit, yeah. just down the street from the arc light. Yes. Oh, wonderful. So yeah. it's called One Dragon, One Party. Yes, and that's, that's the main name, but we added Feast of Starlight, so it was really okay. <laughs> nice that you put that music What's in there. Because w- when we were voting on a name, uh-huh. we were like, well, you know, there is a Feast of Starlight. It's a party. In fact, it's a plot point <laughs> because the, do- <laughs> right. the elves get drunk. <laughs> right. Um, so it's a plot point that there is a Feast of Starlight, and it's big celebration, and it's really you know, it's all about the elves. Yes. Um, and then the dragon, of course, smog is a huge desolation of smog, but you can't call the party desolation of smog. Right. And, you know, it's like, so we were thinking one party, you know, or one dragon under the mountain, or, you know, we had all these other names. And right. finally we went, let's just call it both. So when you see a lot of our stories, it'll be called, we're, you're invited to a Feast of Starlight celebration at the One Dragon, One Party event. Yay. I love it all. So lest you, uh, my listeners, think, oh, well, this is just some little something. Um, You know, I don't. Uh, one, the one ring. Do you want net. numbers of how big <clears throat> the parties have been? Yes, because I think sometimes people think, "Oh, this is just going to be a few people, you know, hanging around." The one ring. net is one of the major organizers for any events having to do with Middle Earth, but and and not just there. And it's so it's on a large scale. You guys do the the oh, yeah. big line I mean, parties. Our first party was four hundred people across the street there at the Hollywood Athletic Club. Yes, and the cast and crew showed up. I mean, we were completely surprised as all these Oscars walked into the party. Yes, um, the second party, the one that you went to, was about eight hundred people. Mm-hmm. And then the third party for Return of the King was eleven hundred people up at the um, the Legion Hall up there on Holly, Highland um, mm-hmm. Avenue. Or, yeah, it's Highland Avenue. Yeah. Um, and so that was the big one. And we had 25 Oscars on stage. And the cast and crew, I mean, Peter Jackson interdu- introduced every single cast and crew member that was standing on the stage. And it was, you know, it was a full stage. And it took wow. over an hour. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to introduce and let everybody say hi. That's amazing. Because they won 11 Oscars that year. Yeah, they won yeah. 11 Oscars. But it was 25 Oscars on stage because many of them are... Right. You know, you have three sound editors. You have yes. three or four visual effects guys, stuff yes. like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then, of course, last year's party, we returned back to the American Legion Hall, and we probably had about 500 people, mm-hmm. um, all told. And, and again, the um, and the, there was only two nominations. They were um, visual effects because Jill Terry was there, and mm-hmm. then oh, set design because Rob Vincent was there. Yes. Um, or Ray Vincent. It's R A. <laughs> I don't know if I should call him Raw or Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's pro- and, yeah, it's probably yeah. So, so, so this year we've decided to downscale. I'm probably going to be about between 150 and 200 people. Oh, which is so. It, it, you it's just a, never know, though. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it as a Doctor Who episode, when there's like a big <laughs> two-parter coming up with lots of aliens and yeah. special effects, the episode before it is always kind of quiet and character-driven, <laughs> so they can save up. So we're kind of like 
saving up um, all of our energy for a big big shindig next year. Yes. Well, it's still going to be a pretty wonderful and big shindig. And yeah. uh, can I just mention, too, for our listeners, again, where you can find information is at theonering.net. Uh, this is forged by and for fans of J.R.R. Tolkien. It's the major, I you've heard me say I love Torque, but this is the major website for Middle Earth fans, Tolkien fans, whether it's the movies, the books, events that are going on, news about uh, late, you know, things that are going on with the staff and and the the production and all of that, this is the go-to website, theonering.net. Kathy, you've been involved with theonering.net for a long time. Yep. Uh, you've been to New Zealand now how many times? I've been to New Zealand three times uh-huh. most recently, and, and oh. I'm also a travel agent in my professional life. Uh-huh. So um, the first time I went down was after I graduated. I got a master's degree. <laughs> so I took myself down there when I graduated um, and went on a red carpet tour, which took me to all the filming locations. So then I did a uh, cruise to Middle Earth where I took a whole bunch of people on a cruise ship that was sailing down the coast of New Zealand, and we just did day trips out to all the filming locations. And then most recently um, when they had the premiere, the world premiere for um, An Unexpected Journey, um, I took a bunch of people down on a land tour, and we just did Wellington and, and the Hobbiton location, and we were there for the actual premiere. Wow. Which... Wow, do 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 the Wellingtonians know how to throw a street party? <laughs> I mean, the whole town was was welcoming of everybody, and there wow. was probably a hundred thousand people out on the street. Oh my gosh! You know, a red carpet that you know was half a mile long. Oh my gosh, how amazing! And I, well, I bet there were a lot of people in costume too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Just Lots of people in costume people. along the, the 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 route and everything like that. Um, it's and of course it's summer down there, so it was a, it was a warm day out, but. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> you know, my they gosh. even had the new plane that was decorated with the um, the Hobbit and um, all the dwarves, you know, the new um, Air New Zealand flight. Oh, that's right. I, right loved, the town. I loved that commercial for, for Air New Zealand. That was so awesome. Yeah. I, I think it might be still on YouTube. If you're listening and you're wondering, what the, is that all about? They did a, an amazing Hobbit uh, or Middle Earth themed uh, commercial for Air New Zealand. Well, they've got a couple because they've got one that's a commercial uh-huh. and they've got one that's a flight safety video. Oh, yes. And the flight safety video actually has Quick Beam and Mr. Sarah from the OneRing.net are actually in it. There's some of the costume people in the actual thing because you've got Gollum running around in the streets. You've got <laughs> Gandalf is the pilot. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, it's absolutely hilarious. Um, Air New Zealand has an amazing sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. And they have done a, several of these really cool flight safety videos that are they're to die for. They're just absolutely adorable and very creative. Yes, and very well done. And uh, Quick Beam, he's he's pretty amazing too. In fact, were you at uh, the the gathering at Toronto for the um, uh, premiere of the Return of the King? No, that was one event that I didn't go to. Oh, okay. Well, Quick Beam was there, and um, you know, just to the scope of the some of what the One Ring events are, he, he was, I think, the primary person who helped to organize turning medieval times into middle earth so this is the scope of what you know what the events that you guys over there at the one ring.net the kind of things that you do and uh, so this is not just some little thing you know where a few people are going to show up and and have uh you know it's 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 really it's really just well, so much we... fun and so well done and everybody's welcome it's like if you want to come in regular clothes you can if you want to put together some things and try to stick on some pointy ears and if you want to bring your kids 
Absolutely. You know, um, and, and actually, when it comes to, I mean, yeah, we'll do everything from small. I mean, obviously, an 1,100-person par- um, party is uh, the big end. We also did the conventions. We had 3,000 at one of the conventions. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was pretty much not sleeping for five months. But, you know, we got yes. that one done. <laughs> oh, but then also yeah. small things, the, the reading day, Tolkien reading day at the end of March, um, Bilbo, the Bilbo Baggins birthday bash. Right. That we do every year up at Griffith Park. I mean, so these are small scale little things. Right. And then there's big scale. So you can do just about it. And most of them are free. Right. <laughs> it's only the parties that we charge for because you have to pay for the food. Right. But, right. um, and, and I was going to add, we are going to Disneyland the day before. Oh, yes. Please tell, tell our listeners a little bit about that. I know now, some people I have. I know it's going to be raining or passes. threatening rain. And, and we only know that it's coming and how big it'll be and how bad it'll be. We don't know. So we've been planning the, the, the party. What, what we're basically doing is we're just saying it's called Ringers Take um, Disneyland. Uh-huh. Although we will be converting it later on to a Durin's Day at Disney, oh. um, which will be our fall version of it. Oh. But we're just going to have like a little scavenger out. We're going to have everybody meet up around 10 o'clock on the little compass. Well, not the little compass. It's a large compass that's in the plaza right between the entrance to California Adventure and Disneyland. Uh-huh. And so at 10 o'clock, pass out little you know scavenger hunt things where basically we've, we've taken – some of the rides and what they are similar to in Middle Earth. Oh, and wow. just say go find it <laughs> oh. and take a picture of it. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and and so if if, if it's successful, we we do want to try and make it a little bit bigger. Um, but if they go to the OneRing.net's website, down our, our most recent article that was posted about the, the weekend was on February twentieth. Okay. So they'll see it. They'll see the you know the image of the dragon and one dragon. So they just push on that, and the top half of it talks about the party and how to go and when to go, and the bottom half of it talks about Disneyland and how to go and when to go. Okay, great. And both of those are family friendly events. Absolutely. Uh, you can bring your whole family uh, to either one. Even though the Oscar party goes on uh, till eleven p.m., you know there's you know d- well, the kids just kind of hang out. As you know, will be over by about eight thirty nine o'clock. Right. So for anyone with kids and stuff like that, you just can't stick around. I mean, you just sit there and watch and, right. you know, and, and, you know, once you've eaten and, and had your fill and everything like that, you're free to go. Um, and the menu looks pretty cool. You've got your choice of super salad, and then you get your choice of fish and chips, chicken breast, grilled salmon, macaroni and cheese, or a vegetarian dish. Oh, and yeah. Then a yeah. Dessert. Well, the mac and cheese is also vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, there are, yeah. And then, of course, chocolate or apple pie. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they were going to put some of the sticky toffee pudding or something on there. And I'm like, okay, that's very British and very cool, but I want my chocolate. <laughs> well, Kathy, thank you so much for being part of organizing this and all the stuff that you do over at the OneRing.net to bring um, news and events and things like this to those of us who just can't get enough of Middle Earth and J.R.R. Tolkien and the worlds of both the films and the books I'm I'm always very grateful for the work that you do because I know that all the work that you guys do over on that aspect of it, that's not your day job. No. <laughs> it's no, like it's like us not. here at KUCI, you know, we put a lot of time and energy into our shows and we love doing it. But then we also have to have a day job. Yep. And uh so thank you very much for all of the work. I know that it, it is a labor of love and that you do in you know, enjoy doing it obviously, but uh, I know also that it's a lot of work, and thank you. Well, yeah, and when it comes to, like, the minutiae, I mean, a lot of people don't realize, no, no, they're, you know, and anyone can actually submit a story if they see news going on. That's the one thing that a lot of people don't oh. realize. When we may say forged by and for fans, 
some of those stories we get is just somebody noticed something going on in their their neck of the woods, and they posted it, or they sent it to us, and we post it, and, and all of a sudden you've got pictures of a person who made bag end out of balloons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, somebody had a bake sale and had it kind of Middle-earth-themed. You know, weddings. We get a lot of weddings. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. So they can uh, – that there's information about that right on the website, right, which is uh, – Yeah. And then, of course, we also have the message boards, and that's where all the real discussion actually happens. Yeah. Like if you want to get into a heavy dose debate about whether or not Balrogs have wings, <laughs> the message board is, is for you. And whether or not Tauriel should be in the movie. Yeah, yeah, because you've got a section for The Hobbit, you've got a section for The Lord of the Rings, you've got a section for movies and for books. Um, they're always doing like a chapter by chapter read oh. and then having a discussion at the end of the week. So, um, so there's lots of chats. There's Torn Tuesday, actually, which should be. Coming on pretty soon. <laughs> oh, that's right. Mean is, is out there. Absolutely, that's right. Yeah, there's uh, there's just li- there's even live things like that that are going on. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is definitely a great, and you know, it's funny to me how many people, even now, get newly introduced to the works of J.R. Tolkien in the books. A lot of times through the movies. I came to the worlds of Middle Earth through the Fellowship of the Ring, and it has been a life changing adventure for me. I never. I just didn't know about it. I, I I was a nonfiction snob. I didn't even read fiction. I mean, I liked Star Wars and Star Trek and that kind of stuff. But the other stuff was kind of like, oh well. And well, then uh, a lot of it, the Im- were imitators. Yes. Uh, of, of Tolkien. I mean, for the longest time, a lot of the fantasy that came out from the fifties through the seventies or so were people trying to imitate what Tolkien did, and they were very pale comparisons. I mean, it took right. decades for people to be able to do a really good world building like what he did because his is just so full of depth. Yes. And and the characters too and the and the archetypes, the archetypal characters and the hero's quest and the you well, know it helps all... that he's an he, he's an academic. <laughs> it's <laughs> really amazing. Helps. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Kathy, again, thank you so much for being here on the program today. Uh hope we'll be able to have you back again sometime to talk a little bit more about things that are going on maybe um could you mention too okay, so at the end of March there's the um, well, March, Tolkien yeah, reading well, day? March 25th is your typical t- Tolkien reading day, uh-huh. um, and it's because that's the day the ring was destroyed. So it's the uh, the New Year's, the new New Year's of the of the the fourth middle age of Middle Earth. Right. Um, but we're going to do it on the weekend, and I believe the weekend, uh, I believe it's the 22nd this year. Um, but Tolkien Forever does it, and we'll be posting a story about it in another after the Oscar party. <laughs> we'll okay. be posting a story about it. But we host the. Um, Tolkien Reading Day, at least in L.A., we host it over in, it's called the Last Bookstore, and it's in downtown Los Angeles. It's this amazing, amazing former bank um, that's now like two or three stories worth of books and just creative, it's very creative space. Yeah. Um, And then, so there's, that's, you know, so that's one thing that's always on the calendar, the Bilbo Baggins Birthday Bash, which is September 22nd, typically, and this year coming up, it will be on a Sunday. Um, and that's at Griffith Park, and we do it every year. Yeah. And then we usually have a Hall of Fire in, like, October, November, which is basically in someone's backyard. It happens to be a very large backyard, and we sort of decorate each section of the backyard as a different realm of Middle Earth uh-huh. and have lots of food and have lots of talk, and then people bring out musical instruments, and we start to read poetry or read Tolkien and, and get creative or original stuff. There's yeah. been an original material. And just... Eat like hobbits, because <laughs> and then of course there's always Tolkien's birthday on January 3rd, which is also at the Cat and Fiddle, right? Every year, so 
Thank you so much. Let's let's talk again soon. Um, I'm excited because actually March 25th is the day that I have my a show, and it's two days before my birthday. So we'll definitely have to do uh, be talking some about the Tolkien Reading Day uh, coming up to that day. So yeah. thank you again, Alin Salalumin Amintielvo. A star shines on the hour of our meeting, my friend, and I hope <laughs> to see you before too long. Well, I know where to find you in your off hours. You do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Bye-bye. Maria. That was Kathy from TheWondering.net. If you'd like more information about the upcoming, this coming Sunday, March 2nd, the Oscar party that's going to be at the Cat and Fiddle, please visit their website, TheWondering.net. Tickets are still available for the whole family. It'll be a lot of fun. And who knows, I might even see you there. So coming up in just a few minutes, the Blue and Gold Report. Let's have just a little bit of Middle Earth music to fade out. And I will see you next week. 4 to 5 p.m. here on KUCI. Yeah, until then, go out, give someone a big hug and a kiss. This is KUCI in Irvine.